Welcome back to the movement, everybody. You already know who your host is. Today, I got a very special guest with me today. I got one of my fellow kings, an up-and-comer. I'm super impressed with this young entrepreneur. This is my guy here, Damon Ballo. Pleasure to have you on here, brother. It's an honor. That's it. So you're at, sorry, man. You're asking me before, what do I do here? What is this place? Yeah. So it's a construction company. We do roofing, siding, insulation. Yeah. But now I'm tailoring. I'm trying to get into more of like the custom. So you're running the show. Yeah, with yeah. The construction and yeah, all yeah. That. Uh, but right now we're trying to get into custom homes. Okay. You know what I mean? Since we do them every day, anyways. Everybody in the city contacts us for all their siding, soft fascia, yeah. the roofing, and all that stuff. So at the same time, you know, why not? Well, this is very different, obviously. So, like, what gets you into the podcast world? I that, loved it, bro. It just seems like a, a passion project at that point. But, like... For me, man, I tried many different things. I was almost like a, just a serial entrepreneur that was just failing at, like, three or four of them, bro. I love See, that See, that's word, why I'm man. literally... That's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to talk to you, man. Yeah. So, the way it worked is initially I was in, uh, I was in the sales world my whole life. Yeah. And then I was actually... Um, I was working in Tony Graham Toyota. By the way, it was a great place to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was killing it at some point. I was, I was getting number one uh, sales guy in, in uh, Toyota and the whole shebang. And we're killing it, right? So then a situation happened where I just something clicked in my mind, man. You know, I'm like, I, you just I don't want to. If I'm murdering it for you and I'm doing everything, like I, I'm a pure hustler, you know? Yeah. A doer, I'm out there. I'll get my own business. Bro, I was on Facebook, man. Facebook. Trying to advertise my car business, man. I had these videos. Come see you got Frankie at Toyota, whatever. I used to go by Frankie. So imagine that. I'm even doing my own marketing. Yeah. So then I just suddenly clicked to me. I'm like, you know what, man? If I'm doing everything A to Z, you know, why don't I just open my own? And then, uh, funny enough, my father-in-law was a roofer. Yeah. And he had a roofing company called WMW, and he was doing very well back in the days. He had a car accident he couldn't do anymore. And then we just chatted. You know, and then he's like, yo, uh, I, oh, sorry, no. I already did a couple of businesses before that completely failed, right? Because, you know, you can't you can't succeed to fail. You have to well, fail to succeed. The truth is you, you can never really fail. It's only when you quit, right? If you go for 40 years, you're making that work. You oh, know? I so, said fuck that. If that's like, bro, I quit cold turkey. Yeah. Those businesses, first it was good, by the way. And then what happens with... I don't know if you want to call it uh, more. It was like a subcontracting thing. First, I had a logistics company. Yeah. And uh, we were doing IKEA parcels, Canada, Appliance Canada, Lowe's and stuff like that. Delivering furniture, all that other bullshit, right? Yeah. And then at some point, first it was good. Don't get me wrong. First it was good. You're making seven, eight, nine hundred, maybe a thousand dollars a day. Yeah. Right? So it was good money at that time, right? And then out of nowhere, they completely slashed the payment plans. You know what I mean? So even though you're your own contractor, you get the contract with XBO, yeah. Ovation went out of business, right? All that other shit, right? So first I was doing that, and then I did I I did IKEA assembly. That was a fucking bitch. I'll tell you man, that, man. You're assembling I, furniture. Oh man, I, that was a bitch. I'll tell Bro, you. I that, pay man. a lot of money for that. I'm I, not gonna lie. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. You're probably one of the customers, man. It was terrible. No, I hate it, man. Like so. I, Imagine how much you hate it. The pay is good. So you're like, fuck, if I'm getting paid for it. Yeah. I was making like a good cool 10 G's, you know? So it was good money. I fucking hated it. I did it for 14, 16 hour days. 
10 G's like a day? No, no, no. That's crazy. For <laughs> 10K uh, per month, like clear. Fuck. You know what I mean? Like so cash? that's net. So you were making a good cool 17 plus, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was killing it. We had a few guys or whatever, and then they completely just axed that. A company called TaskRabbit came in. Actually, no, I continued doing the IKEA assemblies. That was a true story. Yeah. The reason why I stopped because TaskRabbit came in. Because there's too many guys, you know, shitting the bed when they're doing the job. Yeah. You know? So I guess they got sick and tired of it. They said, fuck it. We're just going to outsource it to TaskRabbit. I don't know what happened. But you, man, I want to know about you. Well, I mean. Damon, what about, what's your story, brother? Where do we start? Where do you come from? <sighs> so that's always a hard question to answer because I'm a bit of a military brat. Are you? So like born in Quebec, uh, moved to BC. I'd say most of my childhood I spent um, basically just like, it, we were definitely not a normal family, you know? So my dad was infantry in the military for 20 years. Infantry. And uh, he was a mechanic for a bit. Yeah. But, you know, as a corporal, you just, you just, you're not getting paid, you know, for what these guys are doing. Like literally it's just enough to, to get paid. Actually, I think there was 20 people in, in my dad's uh, squadron or, or whatever you call it, you know? Yeah. Platoon? Only two. Yeah. Only two of them actually had a car. No so, fucking so way, man. They actually had to decide whether they wanted to pay rent or they wanted to own a car because you didn't have money for both. That's crazy. So the only reason my dad had a car is because they had my mom's income to, to double down. Yeah. But, you know, going through all this, my dad still thought it was a great idea to get us involved in sports. Um, and he chose just about the most expensive sport of them all. Which one? Hockey? Motocross. No way. You're a motocross guy. But before that, basically, you got started on bikes. So I was two and a half when uh, they put me on a bike because... What kind of bike? Mountain bike? Dirt bike? BMX. BMX, of course. Okay. So uh, basically, my brother, he's three years older than me, and they had him start off. And it was a joke at first. You know, they call these striders. And the thing is, there was no age group for me. You know, it's like I was almost becoming three. It started at five. Oh, you're a, you're a baby, bro. So I was literally a baby. Like, I'd wow. be at the track, like, sleeping in my mom's arms. You That's know, crazy. between races and stuff. And, uh, like, everyone... Everyone was like a little bit worried, you know, because it's just kind of like, is he going to get hurt? You know, and they, they didn't even want me to race. But my mom, she stepped in. And she's like, are you afraid that my two year old kid's going to embarrass your kid? Bring you know, to your mom, man. Eh? There's like, listen, we'll deal with it. If he gets hurt, we'll deal with it. That's all it does. Yeah. But this kid's going to race. And something fucked up with the association. My brother became the top rider in the country within like a year. Wow. So two. you went up, man. Eh? Yeah. And then basically something fucked up with the association. He got us involved in motocross uh, just because BMX wasn't a thing anymore. And uh, my bad. No, that's okay. And, uh, you know, we excelled at that. And I think that's where a lot of my work ethic comes from. So how, how was motocross, man? Completely different, eh? It's just like, man, you give like a seven-year-old kid a dirt bike <laughs> and you say, go. Holy. You know, it's like, it's like, you're not telling him to be careful. You're saying you got to beat, you, you got to, whatever you do, you got to win. Hit those fucking slopes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, man. There's no excuses. You either so, win or you lose. Let me ask you this. Are you an adrenaline junkie? Absolutely. That's crazy. Man. That's <laughs> from fucking birth, right? But not like, I, I think it has a lot to do with my upbringing. Cause like, 
you know, that's that's just as much adrenaline as a kid can take in, you know, like safely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I became the British Columbia provincial champion when I was seven. And I kind of peaked there because my brother was top rider in the country when he was 10. I was basically we were racing nationals and all this. And then, you know, that military salary wasn't keeping up. So, yeah. So we had to quit. I was going to say, man, I had to go out somehow. Eh? You know, like as you get older, everything just gets more expensive and we couldn't hold it up. So Fuck, it's tough. Even if you think about it on your mom and dad, you know, you're like, I got two superstar boys. Man, like and they you're like financial financially, we can't do it. We want to. These guys are killing it. They did everything they could, man. Like they did everything they could to keep us going. Like they always told us, it's like, man, you want to go to Disney World? It's not happening. But how many kids are doing what you're doing right now? Facts. You know, they were spending 30 grand a year to keep us racing. That's as much as they were making. You know, we would sleep in the vans. Like we go travel across like Vancouver or whatever, because we were in BC, right? And we'd sleep in the vans and we'd be happy. Because as a kid, that's all you know. You know, it's so, like it's so true, man. It's like what, like what kind of luxury are we supposed to have? We used to go to hotel rooms, and me and my brother would fight over who gets to sleep in the bathtub. It's all about exploration, bro. Nowadays, we want yeah. the luxuries. Back then, we didn't give a fuck. Everything was a journey. Back then, it was like, man, we're just happy to be here. You know. So I think a lot of my work ethic, a lot of my values, my morals, it comes from racing, and I think that's why, you know, nowadays. I do things a bit different and sometimes I forget about those days, you know, but it, it certainly comes up, you know, from time to time because it's like when you're number one growing up, it, it kind of does something to your brain. You know, it's like it shows you that you're capable of becoming great at something at a time where a lot of kids are just playing with Tonka trucks. And nowadays everybody just gets a fucking participation award. Yeah, it's like that wow. participation medal, that's that's the death of you. I know, that's garbage. Because it's like, to, to me, it's like, nah, these kids got to know. You got to earn it. You yeah, know, that's th what I'm that's saying. That's real life. Yeah. That's real life. Like, So you became super fucking competitive. Yeah, but not even like, I don't even think I'm naturally competitive because my brother, he's he's the one that I really got to give the, the credit to because he's the one, like, he would cry if he lost. I rarely, rarely ever saw this guy lose. If he came second place, I've never seen him third place, you know? If he lost, he would cry. And that's the only time in my life I've ever seen him that's cry. That's crazy. So having him as a brother, it's like I had to win too. Facts. It's like we just had to keep up. And then there was times where, like, you know, we get in the newspapers, we get in magazines. Monster Energy wanted to sponsor us. What the fuck? Call them right now. <laughs> Man, like, I've been trying to get I'm hiding the cans, eh? So bro. I'm like, I'm not advertising <laughs> for free. <laughs> Monster Energy wanted to sponsor us, but the, and that was real shit. They wanted to pay for all of our bikes. They wanted to give us brand new Kawasaki bikes. They wanted to, to pay for all of our gas. Fucking crazy. They wanted to move right? us all across North America. They wanted us to race globally. And you know why it didn't happen? Because my mom said there's no way that my seven-year-old son is Let's getting get hooked a, on Monster Energy. That's a fucking truth. She said there's going to be more opportunities. If uh, a Goliath of a brand like this wants to sponsor our kids, which I don't know how, how involved you are or how much you know about the motocross world. Zero, man. They are number one. Like Monster Energy, they are the top of the top. There is no brand taller than Monster Energy. That's crazy. You go to a track, all... All the girls that are like, you know, they're basically holding the signs up or whatever. You're right. Actually, I, they're all wearing monsters. Monster Energy. That's right, man. Fucking, you go to all the booths. They're giving out free Monster Energy. You That's know, right. like, 
like Kawasaki, that's their main sponsor, Monster Energy. And they wanted to sponsor us. So let me ask you this. Did you end up keep riding after that, even though you weren't doing a professional? Like, did you not ever buy a bike after that? Here's the thing, you know, my brother, he's definitely, I got to say, he was the one that was a little more involved. So, you know, bits and pieces, you know, growing up, he was like maybe at 14, he bought a bike and then sold it and he'd ride for a bit. You know, at 18, he bought a bike, sold it. It's just way too expensive, man. Let me ask you this, man. You know, since you you were you and him were number one, you guys were killing it. What would you, how do you feel now knowing that you know maybe if you continued going, do you think there should have been something you could have done to be able to continue that path? You know, that's I think that's what brings me so much peace is no one expected us to be there, you know, and like I think the the part that's really like really something to highlight is the fact that nobody saw that coming we no. rode the worst bikes we rode the shittiest bikes you know we had no we had n no gear you know i was wearing hockey gear you know i didn't even we didn't even have money for real motocross That's equipment crazy. i was wearing shoulder pads from from hockey and all this and like these these dads these kids are very competitive they don't like to lose you know like the, the dad and the son they're a team you know, the dad's speaking to the son's ear. You got to fuck that kid up. That's right. You know, fuck that kid. You're not his friend. Good. You know, you're, you're battling against him. That's and my right. dad, the whole time we'd show up in that broken down van, you know, just pulling up trailer with our shitty bikes and we destroy everyone. No one wanted to talk to us. That's crazy. You know, like. We're right out the woodworks, you guys fucked everybody up. Right? Like we hit them hard. You know, we hit their egos hard. And I think the part that really like did something for me and my brother was we were as humble as it gets you know because as kids you don't learn this ego when you're winning you're not really like there's two roads you can take it's like you can flaunt it in everybody's face or you you could just keep winning you well, know you guys just picked the second option yeah we just you know we had like 300 trophies when we moved from bc to ottawa we had to toss them all out we couldn't move with them you know, like, and then we looked at all this and it's like, you move to Ottawa, you know, you move literally a thousand miles away and now you're nobody. And now it's like, it doesn't matter all that shit that happened before, but for us, we'll never forget, you know, those years that we had. And like, nowadays, you know, I have nothing in common with my brother except for motocross, but for the rest of our lives. So what happened? So what did you end up doing? Since now you guys have nothing in common, how, what road did he take? What road did you guys take? Because it's always that story about even like me and my older brother, they were completely different guys. Yeah. But like, what did you end up doing? Where did he go? You know, I'd say from when I was born to when I was seven, it was paradise. You know, it's like as a kid, you don't understand what it is to be broke. You don't understand. Like I was in the hood, you know, like I was at the most low income neighborhoods in Victoria, B.C. that existed, you yeah. know. So I'd see all the worst shit, you know, I'd see all the all the people smoking, like literally just smoking crack on their porch and like all these dudes, you know, walking down the street, you know, pants sagging and like I didn't understand any of it. There, yeah, there's real organized crime in BC. You know, like to me, that was normal and I didn't really think much of it. So it's kind of like everything. I, I was a very like it's a very bold claim, but I think I'm the most curious person I've ever met. In the way that like if i see something new i won't say anything like immediately but my mind is racing like yo what 
What is that? What is that? that? Is. Right? So Fuck, I what do think... you got? Nine lives? You say curiosity <laughs> killed the cat? Were you on your nine? Uh man, that's uh I've I've had some close calls, so I, I'd say I'm pretty much there. <laughs> Holy fuck, man. Yeah, continue. But uh low income neighborhood, you're a curious guy. Yeah, and uh I'm losing my train of thought a bit, but we're trying to figure out what happened between you and your brother. Yeah, so me and my brother, we were just like going everywhere, you know, like we were inseparable. We didn't have like other friends, you know, so like we just we just ride around our BMX bikes because I've been riding since I was two, you know, like regardless, we just ride around our bikes. We'd explore. We'd go around. We'd never be inside. Zero interest in video games, zero interest in like it, it would be like like pulling teeth to stay inside. That's a fact. You know what I mean? So like from from when I was born to seven, life was a paradise. You know, there was no even though I was in such a low income neighborhood, everything sucked you know, and everything was like just not working. Yeah. That's all we knew. And we were going to have fun, whatever. Right. But then we moved to Ottawa. And what changes is now we're in a high income neighborhood and there's no kids. I'm living on a golf course now. You know, like I don't. Okay. Like, you know. You're, that, you're fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? Yeah. It's like it's such an extreme. And it's like you actually miss it. You actually miss it because when everyone's broke, you don't care about being broke. You're fucking crazy. You know, I said that the last time. I said the funnest fucking times I've ever had is when I had nothing. Exactly. And man. we were just chilling 30 goons, you know, just Because you make it work. You make it work. It's fucking crazy you said that too, man. You know, so yeah. it's like, especially when that's how you come out into the world, you know, you literally have nothing. And it's like, there's no way. I feel like if I had money, we would have been so privileged. We would have been so like, just dependent on money. You know, it's it's the same way today. It's like, well, look at guys like Justin Bieber and all these guys. They came to fame when they were young. Yeah, and then at some point, every one of them hit the fucking deep, and they're just going crazy. Well, you know, you got to give credit where it's due. If you had thirty million dollars in your bank account, what would you do? No, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not even hating. It's just an observation. That's the thing. Like, it's that's like, the question. What the fuck would you do? It's like if if you really wanted to, man, we could just go get pizza in Italy and chill on the on on a porch. And, about it, bro. We'll, we'll be there in six hours. I'm down for the Italian food, bro. Don't say that to me. The pepper you know, and nice pies. Bro. Like, what do you want to eat tonight? Which country are you flying to? Like, this is how these guys think. But it's like. When when you have that potential, how can you be happy where you're sitting? You know, when you have nothing and you're like, yo, like, this is it. We don't even have a car. Like, we're just sitting on the side of the street. You're going to make do with what you have, you know. But when you have the money, you're, there's so much potential for what you could do. It almost runs people like, it's almost like they just can't, they're so indecisive. You know, I think happens, bro. I think what happens is they're looking for something real in an industry so fake. Yeah. And they were too young to even know that. Because obviously, by the time you grow up, you learn the game. You know how to play the game. Yeah. And then I think for guys like this, you're showing all these people love. Realistically, bro, people call me all the time nowadays trying to borrow money. Yeah. Who the fuck am I, Justin Bieber? I ain't, go, I ain't got nowhere close that many zeros in the bank account. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, you know, everyone starts hitting you up. You start getting used and abused. Yeah. You're taking care of everybody. At some point, you feel like just a fucking pawn. I yeah. think maybe that's what happened. Maybe other shit too, but I think you get frustrated, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So what do you do now? What do you end up doing? So I'd say like just when I got out of high school, you know, because I think that's when it starts for everybody. You know, when reality sets in, um, I was just super lost, you know, at, like 
the same way I think a lot of us are, you know, because you think you know what you want to do. A lot of people, they line up for school and like they're looking for stuff to do. But I think underneath all of that, we're all just scared because what do you know about the world? You know, like I think it's the most unfair, unjust thing to ask a 17 year old kid, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? It's the most unfair thing. And it's like, why are we even doing that? It's like you haven't seen what's out there. You don't see the potential you know you don't yeah. see like 95 percent of the time you're gonna pick something that's probably not what you would have gone with if you took a few years off you know and everyone's doing this so it's like i feel like i, I can give myself credit in the way that i'm a very critical thinker you know like i'll i'll always think things through because i know what happens when i don't right so when i got out of high school it's like i know one thing for sure i'm not going to college and it's not because I don't want to spend the time. It's not because I don't want to spend the money. It's because I knew, you know, you see these people, they go to school and regardless of who they are, their morals, values, ethics, whatever their goal is, they stop maturing. You know, they, they start focusing on a career instead of focusing on figuring out who they really are. So I agree I, with you on that. So I said, no matter what I'm doing, I'm not going to school. At the very least, I'm waiting a few years. Right. Uh, if you want to be a doctor or some shit like that, I understand. But I feel like everything else can be learned in the field. Even there, man, it's like, how can you make a real rational decision if you haven't seriously looked into that or if you haven't seriously considered something else? Because it's like, say, like you're, you're a businessman, you know, like the only way you can seriously consider a price is if you compare it to someone else's. Because like, let's say like with my window cleaning business, if I charge you a thousand dollars, how are you supposed to know if that's a good price or not? How are you supposed to understand the market if I'm the first guy you ever meet? I'm telling you a thousand bucks. For all you know, that's the best deal you're ever going to find. But for all you know, that's like totally or fucked up. Or you did a fucking bang out job when you did that kitchen sit down, bro. <laughs> and they love you, you know what I mean? Which is very rare. You get it on the first oh, I see what you're saying. How, why did you open up? A, so continue on that. I want to get to the how you started the window cleaning business. Like, it, what, where were you? What took you to opening up that business? It was such a series of events, man, because, like, to, to explain that, I need to explain why I wanted to become a jeweler, right? And just to make a quick, like, explanation of that, it's that instead of going to school, I sat with myself for two months, two real months. And, like, look, I'm 18 years old. I'm never going to be 18 again, you know? And still, I decided... I'm not going out. I'm not clubbing. I'm not seeing friends. If you oh, want really? If you want to see me, you got to come to my place. Very good. The only reason I leave is like, you know, maybe to get weed or whatever, you know? That's the only reason I leave. And I told myself the only way I can get up off that porch is if I decide what I want to do. What, Where were you living, by the way? Here in Ottawa? Manitick. Manitick. Yeah. So it took me two and a half months. And I still remember the day, August 16th. I was sitting on that porch and I said, look, man, everything is clear. Imagine two months, 16 hours a day, you're on that porch. I swear to God, I did not get off that porch. And I've, I've reflected so hard on my life, you know, everything, motocross, school, whatever, everything I've ever done, everything I've ever done. It's like yeah. wherever I move, I understand this is going somewhere. So it's important that I think about it. I said, whatever I do, I need to be able to afford whatever jewelry I want. And that's, that was it. That was the thing that decided. It's like, whatever I do, I just need to be able to buy a $100,000 chain like that. 
like immediately, just upon demand. Okay, so your 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 motive was to be able to afford nice shit. Exactly. It's like whatever I do, I know I need money. That that was the conclusion. It's like I knew I couldn't live broke. I knew I didn't want to be poor. And the only way, like still, you know, you're you're like as a kid, you you're not really fully considering your potential. You're not considering that you might be a millionaire someday. You're not considering all these things. So I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna make my own jewelry. You know? And the so first about that. So the further I looked into making jewelry, the more I saw the more I got involved, the more I realized, like, I like this, you know, and not for a second did I think it paid. Not for a second. Really? Did I, not for a second did I think that you could actually make a lot of money doing that, you know, because uh, at least not enough, you know, and to me enough was like, I needed to be a millionaire someday. So what happened? You started making jewelry? Man, it was COVID. I graduated the year of COVID and, uh, I basically worked four months. After that day, August 16th, I found a job. I worked four months. I bought a DSLR camera and I basically bought a plane ticket to go to Turkey. Uh, and I'm half Turkish, so I got family down there. Nice. You got right? to taste some food then, eh? So I knew I could stay down there. I knew I had family that I could chill with. And my goal was to find a jeweler to teach me because there was no jewelers around. Everyone was I'm sketchy. stupid fucking impressed. How old are you? Uh, I'm 21 now. I'm fucking stupid and press continue. And look, you're saying that now, but here's the thing. It didn't work, right? I, oh, I, that doesn't even matter. I'm stupid fucking impressed that you had the... Like, anyway, continue, yeah. That was the scariest thing I could have done in that moment. That's exactly why I did. It's like you're staring into the fire and you got to jump in, you know? And like, I'm going to a country where there's zero tourists. I already knew this going in. Like, it's COVID. No one's traveling there. Everyone is a local resident and Turkey is a country that 100% they rely on tourism to get paid. Yeah. Right? So when there's no tourism, tensions raised, bills aren't paid, they look at me like I'm like I'm a walking billboard, you know, just a dollar sign. And uh, I stayed there 2 months, 2 months exactly, and I'm searching everywhere for a jeweler to help me, you know, learn just learn I, I still hadn't touched any sets of tools. Still, to that day, it's like I decided half a year before that I wanted to be a jeweler. And still, like, I, I hadn't even done anything jewelry related. Not Were even. you actually actively looking for the whole two months? Yes. I'm fucking impressed. Keep going, <laughs> and, man. I'm impressed, you, bro. Keep fucking telling people. Keep talking. You know why it didn't work? Why? They didn't trust me. They're like, this white boy, this Canadian, they're coming into my shop. One, they want me to teach him for free. And obviously, I was going to do free labor. Obviously, I was going to work for free, right? Yeah. But they thought I was going to steal their gold. They thought that I was just a spy, whatever. Like, they did not trust. Like, like I was just, I was not expecting that. It's like, I, I could not. I thought about the million ways that this wouldn't work. And that was not one of them. That's crazy. <laughs> you didn't think that you going in, maybe it was a little too strong. No, uh, like, people. man, rejection. you finesse. At least did you learn finesse from that? Of course. Okay. Of course. Like, I, I feel like it's uh, when you're in that seat, you know, you're so invested. Like, I, I spent two grand on a plane ticket. I'm there. And it's like, there's nothing you want to do other than learn how to make jewelry. That's what you went there to do. It's like, I don't want to taste the food. I don't want to go to the beach. I don't want to do nothing. All I want to do is make jewelry. And after a month, I found somebody, but it wasn't what I went there for. This guy, basically, he teaches pottery. He teaches how to make jewelry, painting. Right. There was one day a week 
that he taught how to make jewelry. And that was Fridays. So now I'm there six days a week and I get to go make jewelry on Fridays for four hours. That's not what I went there to do. You know, it's like, that's not enough time. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I was documenting the whole journey on YouTube and that's that's what the camera is all about. So um, with that camera, I was just spending all my time at home because, like, I had so much free time. So I was teaching myself how to edit, you know, properly, you know, making vlogs and, like, it was just... I'm fucking blown away, eh? And the, the I'm actually fucking blown away. I appreciate blown. it. But, like, the whole thing that I was trying to do with these vlogs, I didn't give two fucks who watched it. The whole point was I was so connected to my family at the time, so connected to my friends, that I wanted them to see with their own eyes what I was doing. There wasn't a single thought. So, like, when I said I wanted to make jewelry, it's because I just wanted to have it. I wasn't thinking about making that a career. You know, I wasn't thinking like, oh, this is going to make me rich. How the fuck did you think about, I want to get this DSLR camera? I just needed it. So I could <laughs> vlog. Do you, are you not? Listen, I'm 32, bro. Yeah. I lived a long life. So when I hear stories like this, I get impressed. At your age. Because you were 18? Yeah. It's fucking nuts. How did you think of, I want to go vlog this journey? And then at the same time, where did you come up with, I want this journey in the first place? Where the fuck did you find the balls? To go to Turkey yourself just to sit there and fucking hunt the jeweler for the... You that's can't. wild. Is that the 16-hour Portuguese? Yeah, man. That's Good exactly you, what man. that was. Fuck, bro. I say it all the time. The most important conversation you'll ever have in your life is the one you have with yourself. Every day, man. That's fucking good for you. Continue. I want to hear the story more. I'm into this. Yeah. So, so based, four hours on Friday. Four hours on Fridays. And those were my... Man, like... It's like there's there's these... What I call a defining moment... Yeah. Is like a moment in your life. And we feel it very often as entrepreneurs. A defining moment is like, to me, where you basically, you envision something. You see it happening, but it's so far away, you know? For eight months, I've been saying I want to be a jeweler. And the day came where I sat down in that seat and he put the saw in my hand. And I looked at him and it almost didn't feel real. It's like... Wait, you're telling me I could just do it? That's crazy. You're telling me that I could just... And I started cutting the metal. It's just teaching me how to cut lines and stuff. And it's just like... It felt like... It felt like drugs, man. It, it, Good. It felt like... just I was just meant to do that. You know? And there's no other way to explain it. Like, I, the, the happiness that I felt just holding this this saw without even using it, just just knowing that, like... I flew here. I invested so much time. I invested so much money. I worked four months, five days a week, like 10 hour days just to be here to hold that saw and, and, and do whatever I was going to do. fucking incredible. And what I was doing with those videos, it was just for family. I didn't care who watched it. I just wanted my family to see with their own eyes, you know, what I was doing. The journey, yeah. And what that became, you know, obviously people found it. Obviously, you know, I had strangers watching my stuff and they found it super inspiring. And like, I think to me, one of my biggest downfalls is like, I, I, I work in very unconventional ways. You know, like I don't really look at other people for motivation or inspiration because that doesn't apply to me. You know, it's like whatever you've done in your life, whatever you've done to make things work for you, there's always going to be a different way to do things, you know? So Yeah, but at the same time, you don't always have to reinvent the wheel. 
Like I agree with you on a I'm sense guilty of like of that. A, yeah, like me as an example, I'm just like, you know, it's like I'm a hustler. How do I make it? Okay, fuck it. Let's go find it out. Because you know what? I learned this off a con artist. Yeah. As funny as it sounds. I'm not going to say no fucking names, but he's a con artist. The guy fucking robbed millions of dollars. Yeah. And uh, I remember I was sitting down with him. He already knew he was a con man, but he was so fucking persuasive, bro. And I remember I'm like, fuck. I'm like. But he has to be. I'm normally like the best <laughs> out of best. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this guy blows me out of the water. So I sat there. I just started observing this guy. And then I started asking questions. Then I said, yeah, how did you end up doing X, Y, and the third? Some big business shit. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I wanted to do this specific thing. I don't want to talk too much about this just in case he's still out there. But yeah. I don't want to bag him out like that. But let's. he's like, I wanted to do this specific trade. Yeah. So what did I do is I sought out somebody that's been doing it for 40 years, picked his brain so I can get 40 years worth of experience overnight. Yeah. And then he's like, that's what I did. So I'm like, that's fucking genius because like I've been doing that since I was 18. Yeah. But I just... You have to have an unemotional attachment. You have to be a fucking narcissist to be able to do what he's doing. But anyways, can continue. I was I was not I was talking about you don't always have to reinvent the wheel, but yeah, okay, unconventional. Yeah. Well, uh what what was I even saying about I'm talking about unconventional ways, we're talking about how to, we're gonna be doing uh on how you do different things. We're talking about vlogging. Yeah, yeah. So um So you're there for eight months. The whole the whole point for me was that I had no idea that what I was doing was cool. I had no idea that people would actually look at that and be inspired. You know, to me, it's like I wasn't doing enough because I didn't find the jeweler. To me, it's like it almost felt I didn't feel foolish because, you know, I think that it, if I just try at the, at the end of the day, at least, you know, I have the peace of mind of knowing that. But people Fox. started looking at this and really going like, wow, this kid, this kid really just left the country. Like, like COVID is rampant. He, like schools are closed down. And he said, fuck it, man. He's going to Europe. Oh, you got balls this big, bro. I got to <laughs> give it to you, man. I'm fucking impressed. Man, I just, I couldn't see it at the time. You know, like to me, it's like if I didn't succeed, then it didn't matter. But what I did to follow that up, because, you know, I was getting so many comments, so many people texting me, everyone saying they're proud. I basically, because... I went there in February, right? And near the 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 time that I was leaving, it was my birthday, right? I was turning 19. And basically when I turned 18, I decided that I wanted to be reborn in the way that whatever happened in the past, that's the old me. I wanted to reinvent myself. I wanted to be exactly who I was meant to be. You know, Fox. I made that commitment with myself. I'm about to walk off my own show. I'm too fucking blood. Are you listening? <laughs> hey, you listen to this shit? I am, bro. The guy's nine. <laughs> Continue, man. And basically, when I turned 19, it was like that first year, right? So think about someone who's just born, you know, like a baby, literally. What are you supposed to know at one years old? You're still drooling. You're still sucking on your thumb. You know, you don't know anything. So... At 19, it was really like that counter just set to one. And and to me, it was like really just telling me that like I had so much time, you know? And I made this video that inspired a lot of people. It got more views than I've ever gotten on any video. Still to this day, it's like my top two. How many views? Like five, six hundred. But like, I I don't really get it. still blessed, bro. What do you mean? It's, it's just compared to my other stuff, I could see. And it, there was like 50 comments. That's incredible. Five, six hundred people you don't know watch your shit. It's amazing. Yeah. And it was basically just me talking about go left. That was the whole narrative of the video. It's like when life when life gives you a direction, you know, because that's those defining moments that I'm talking about. It's like 
either you go right and play it safe or you go left and you jump into the unknown. And that's exactly what I was doing every single day, you know, in Turkey. It was like, I'd, I'd just be out there and like the potential for what I could do was like stupendous. You know, it's like you're, you're sitting in the streets of Izmir, Turkey, the, the second most populated city in the country. It's a beautiful place. There's so much scenery. There's so many people to meet. Yeah. It was like, what do you do first? You know, so... I think, you know, what I did in Turkey, looking back, it was definitely needed. But when I got home, that's when that's when things got hard because it's kind of like, where do you go from there? You know, and I kind of sat around. I was like, literally no one was home, right? Like my brother was like in BC. My parents were both out the country. I was alone for two months, right? Yeah. And... Like I, I'm the type of guy I need, I need my people, you know, like I, if I'm alone with myself, then it's sort of like my mind drifts off in a place where like, I just stop getting things done, you know, because I kind of need that interaction. And, uh, I think for those two months I wasn't working and I kind of fell back in that mode where I was just thinking the same way I was the year before the 16 hour days on the fucking porch. huh? And it wasn't really like I'd just sit there, but I'd always be thinking because I knew that that worked for me before, right? So after that, I realized, you know, I got to get up off my ass and do something. I had to make some money. And the same day that, like, I figured that out, somebody called me and said, listen, man, um, I just started this window cleaning job and uh, I need a partner. They said, we work on commission. The more you work, the more you get paid. It was perfect. I was making 25 bucks an hour. And this moment I got in there, I was like, man, I need to do my own business. The same way you were with uh, with your car sales. It was like, I can just do this myself. You know, it was like, it why clicked, am I even huh? working for somebody? He's got me knocking on doors. He's got me doing all the work. I see the invoices. I see that they're making 300 bucks a job that we complete in like an hour. You know, like I see everything. It's like, it felt like... The only reason I was there was to learn the business. And that's exactly what it was. Every single day, I'd ask a different question. You know, I didn't want to really lead him on to the idea that I was sort of leeching off of him. But I, I think he definitely got the impression. After a month, August 16th, which is literally an exact year after I got up off my ass, yeah. I registered my window cleaning business. Which is called? Uh, TriStar. Back then, it was TriStar Student Cleaning. I, I put the student in there because I want people to sort of just like throw a little bit more money my way. <laughs> I'm a student of it's life. It's marketing, you know what I mean? I'm a student of life. You know, it's like if they ask me, it's really just like I want to be a jeweler. Everyone's cool with that. It's not like it's not like I'm really lying to people. But at this point, I, I just switched the name to Property Services because I just... I'm I'm getting really good at my job. I don't want someone to look at me like I'm just a student getting by for the summer, you know? But I'd say So now it's called property so TriStar Property Service? Yeah. I'm I'm still transitioning. Like there's still need more business cards, yeah. new business cards and all that, but it doesn't really matter. Um and I'd say that first year, I made about five grand, right? And um it was kind of weird timing because like my childhood best friend passed away. You know, he OD'd. May rest in peace. And um, basically, like, I had to leave. You know, like, I had to go to Calgary and I had to go see him. And uh, What did that do to you, though, when you found out your childhood best friend passed? 
look, it's not the first time, you know, like I've, I've dealt with a lot of loss, you know, like it's just different when it's like your homeboy from time, you know, it's like, that's the dude that you thought you'd be sitting on rocking chairs with at 80 and just like kicking it, telling stories. I think it fucked me up in a way that like, I realized that my time here is very temporary, you know, like that could have been me, you know, I, I could just, I could just die tomorrow. So I think I realized at that point that, uh, I, it took me a month to get back on my feet. Oh, you were I, in the dumps for sure. Like I was alone too, you know, it was the <clears throat> same time that like when I got that phone call, like it's like, it's almost like time stops. You know, and uh, I was alone still, like there was no one around. I was just like dealing with it for a whole month on my own before I got to go. I couldn't even go to the funeral. That that fucked me up even more. That's crazy. Um, but the whole point is, you know, I started my business at that point and then I was going through all this. And then, you know, at the same time, my old friends, they were switching up on me. So what were, I, they, what were they doing? I won't. I'll, 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 I'll save some dignity for them, right? They're not going to say their names, but you can just say their story. If you I'm know. not saying names, but look at it this way. I had like a handful of like lifetime best friends in high school, you know, people that like, I'd say, you know, I'd call them brothers still to this day. You know, you, you have all these memories with these people. You grew up with them. You made mistakes with them. They'll, they'll always be my brothers, you know, but when I went to Turkey, basically my childhood best friend since I was like eight, you know, uh, I've known him for like 20, 12 years. Yeah. And we've been tight the whole time. Like, he's literally my second brother. Um, that guy goes behind my back and starts basically turning all my other friends against me. And it's basically just because he thought that I thought I was better than him. And the reason oh, the, the reason he got that idea is because, you know, I'm going to Turkey now. I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, Mr. Worldwide. I'm trying to make all this money, start these businesses. And, you know, I think it's safe so to say... So you got jealous. I think it's safe to say you got jealous, you know? It's fucking wild that you said that. I was literally saying that on the last episode. <laughs> a lot of people, the why they don't support you at first is because they're jealous that they're watching you do shit that they want to be able to do. I think the they part... They just don't have the balls to do it. Yeah. I think it's just the part that hurts the most is how you look at them. You know, because, like, to me, this guy and just this one guy that, like, I've known since I was a kid, it's like... I would have given him the world, bro. I knew it, man. I would have, like, man, I would have bought him anything. Like, we're, we're playing in the sandbox Can together. I ask you, you know, a we're. I got to cut you off. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, what's up? Are you the kind of guy, this is the, this is the vibe I'm getting off you. You're the kind of guy that I've been like, yo, bro, I want to get up so I can bring my whole team with me. Exactly, man. I told everybody that. I literally, I told them, like, That's and crazy. you're not even supposed to tell people this. Like, I told them, bro, I, like, I'm going to get so stupidly rich that none of you need to work. The all of you are good, you know, pockets full. I had that vibe. Chilling. I told everybody this. And and the second I start making real money, the second I start making real moves to make that possible, they get jealous and chuck me out. It's like, how does that like that's not a rational thing to do? You know? And at this point, I think it's important to mention that because at this point, I got nobody. When I say nobody, I mean there's like there's nobody calling me. I don't even want to see people because like you don't really know people like that. You know, it's like I knew these dudes and they were the only ones that I would chill with for years. And all of a sudden you're just alone. You got this and business. Switched up, yeah. 
it's like life is weird, you know. And then like I just lost, you know, like my homie from from time. It was a really, really grievous period. And then at the end of that, basically, I, I managed to save up five thousand dollars. That's as much as I can make from August to November, right? Every penny I spent on jewelry tools. Every penny I spent on that. How right? do you make that shit? I guess it, the 3D printers and... Nah, man. I'm talking... I melt it down. I file it. I cut it. I solder it. Like, literally as, as like, as hands-on as it gets. I, I don't use any 3D printers. You, you know, don't make like, the mold out of a 3D printer, pour it in the mold or anything like that? You can, but it's like, that's not what I'm trying to do. That's it, crazy. It's like, if you if you do the 3D printer stuff, that's just because you want the job What done. about the one on your neck? What is that? Is that you made that? That was basically... So this this should tell you how much I care about jewelry. When I was 16, I went to Turkey and I got tatted um, for the first time. And I bought this Uzi. And all the money I had was for the tattoo and for the Uzi, Uzi, right? I didn't even get to really have a chain for it. And uh, basically, I, I spent a whole year just waiting. Because, like, you know, you're working minimum wage, 14 bucks an hour, just to buy a Cuban link to put it on. 14 bucks an hour is minimum wage for you. Oh, yeah, because you're... Back then, man. I was If it was $6.10 for me. And I was working all the time. I was yeah. dishwashing every night, you know, working five, six days a week just to buy a damn Cuban link, you know, like this thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's custom made. Everything's custom. You know, like I didn't just walk into a store and buy it. Like it was so important to me that it was the perfect size. I wanted to pick the diamonds. I wanted to, to get... Like when I made this chain, I told him, listen, like I'm not balling right now. Just make sure nobody's gonna snatch this so you made like a class if, four if somebody right does there. i'm coming right back i'm fucking you up <laughs> i thought i'll spend the money i need but make sure nobody nobody is that's breaking crazy this. Man. yeah you're really pulling on it that's that that's what was important to me but uh so now are you making any jewelry yeah so it's basically that that year where i bought all those tools i realized very quickly there's you just there's so many tools it's never going to be enough right and that winter, I kind of I kind of got humbled a bit, you know, because I was working out of my garage and, you know, my brother would bring all of his friends over, literally be like 10 people just partying and drinking. And like, I'd just be in the corner, like just that dude that everyone's ignoring. I'm just at work, you know? Yeah. And uh, focused. I was just, I was just locked in, you know, but it's like, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no direction. I had no guidance. Like, I'm not the type of dude that can learn off YouTube like other people can you know, like either I got to figure it out or I got to be like shown. And um, obviously for some things, you know, but for the most part, jewelry is something that's very unique. And it's the type of thing. It's like it's like food. Anywhere you go in the world, you're going to find different types of food. Same thing with jewelry. You go to America, you go to Canada, you go to Sweden. They're all going to be doing it differently. You know, you go to Miami, you see how they're making those Cuban links. Yeah. No one in the world is making chains that big. No one. What, 26, 18 mil, 20 mil or whatever? Yeah, no one's doing that. You go to Turkey and you'll see no one in the world, maybe India, maybe, you know, a few countries, no one's working with 24 karat gold. Nobody. That's true. Actually, here it's a lot of 10 or 12, 10 or 14 max. Yeah. And if you ask me, that's like, it's it's sort of messed up because, you know, if, if you buy a 10 karat gold chain, like, I don't even consider that gold. It's not. You know, it's not even it's half It's so gold. washed down with, yeah. I don't want to, you know why? I used to have a lot of, 24 carats. Uh, you know why I don't like 24 carats? Why is that? Too fucking soft. 
Yeah. Way too soft. You can't wear it. So I only wore 18 and I wouldn't like 18 max. Like I wouldn't go below or high. Just 18 was a sweet spot. Even 18, you know, like 18, that, that that's going to snap on you quick. Uh, I think 14 is like, like this is 14 karat. Um, and I think that's really like, it depends what you want. Obviously, like what do you want to use it for? Like if you want something that you can play like sports with, obviously you need 14 karat very least you know if you're making gold teeth you know like I'm, I'm gonna get myself some gold teeth made soon everyone says 10 karat you know because like you need something that is gonna hold its shape yeah so it's it's like you, you really just got to know what to do with it i really like that deep yellow with the fucking 18 that's what it is yeah i feel like you have that different sheen and color yeah exactly and what happened i got lucky that winter i got lucky well i created my own luck to be honest but I basically went on Instagram and I typed, you know, Ottawa Jewelers. The first guy that I DM'd, all right, it was high-tech jeweler. It looked really like he had the shittiest pictures, you know, like it didn't look like anything special, but I hit him up. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm looking to get some work done on my piece. And uh, basically I made the first piece for my boy back in Calgary. Actually, this guy, my boy that died, basically this was his best friend. Okay. So his spirit lives on through... The both of yeah, us exactly right and uh he was the first person i made a piece for he sent me like a picture of like a tiki figure and i made it i wanted this guy to engrave it for me and i show up and this dude looks me dead in the eyes right and he's like so let me get this straight you want me to engrave this piece but you're not exactly sure what you want to do you don't have a picture you don't have a reference you didn't even bring the fucking piece what do you want me to do with this yeah and I showed up there, I was like, I'm not going to lie, man. I didn't think that far. You know, like I felt stupid, but he's like, listen, man, just go home, draft something up, come back tomorrow. I'll still be here. And, um, you know, like at that point, I was like, okay, you know, I felt stupid. Yeah. He's like, you have any more questions? And here's the thing, man. Like this, this is, this is the type of bold I am. I, I look him, I, I look at him and I'm like, do you have like, like, I don't want to overstep, but like, is there any chance that you have space in your shop for an apprentice? Right. Cause I look at this, like he's got all the tools I need. He's got everything and he knows what he's doing. Exactly. And he looks back into the shop and he's just like, yeah, yeah. But you want to come in? You want to work with me? And I'm like, if, if that works, you yeah. know? And he said, you know what? Uh, it's Friday. Come back on Monday. We'll talk. We'll see, you know, we'll see if we can figure something out. If everything works, you start Tuesday. Just, Just like, like that. that, eh? Just like that. It was that simple. I traveled all the way to Turkey. Meanwhile, all I had to do was DM this guy. And he said yes. Isn't that wild? But see, that that's the thing. That's the journey. You that's finally, the journey, bro. I don't you, that regret it. That was the journey, man. I don't regret it, man. right? And it turns out, I found out later, uh, and this is the most humble man I've ever met in my life. The mm. most humble man, right? Like everyone's coming through the shop. They're getting work done with him, right? Are oh, you still rocking with him now? Yeah. Nice. So everyone who comes through the shop, they tell me, man, we, we've found jewelers from Montreal, jewelers from Toronto. No one does it as good as him. Who is this guy? Constantine. That's Constantine. his name. Um, and then I met basically his friend, like his, basically his best friend. And I was buying tools off of him. And he's the one who told me, you know, man, like maybe not look like it. Constantine worked in the most prestigious jewelry shop in Argentina. Because this guy's Ukrainian. He's been moving around and stuff, right? For 20 years, That's he worked crazy. in the most prestigious shop in Argentina. 
and he was the best jeweler they had. Now, be honest, obviously, Constantine must be top shelf. He was as good as it gets. Even now? There's, there's nothing he could not do. If you asked him to do engraving, diamond setting, you know, anything, he was the best at it. And That's I true. saw it with my own eyes. Where's and, his shop? Wellington Street. Wellington Street. And he, he actually has a shop there? Is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's got his own shop. But the tragedy about this is he's not business oriented. You know, like his his language skills, they're there. You know, like he's he's good with English. Obviously, he has an accent. But the thing is, he just doesn't have any connections down here. You know, he's been working for uh, Howard's Fine Jewelers, you know, for the last nine years. For the last three years, he he's had his own shop, but he just doesn't have work. Right. So he could do the craziest stuff, but he has a family to support. And, you know, he just doesn't have the demand, you know, but he's literally the greatest jeweler in Ottawa. Is it no st- doubt. Is it still there? Yeah. And no one's calling him because no one knows about him. He's We're trying to get the word out for him, you know, social media or whatever. But like, if people would realize, you know, that this guy is sitting here and he's like the most humble dude ever. He, he gives prices just like anybody else. You know, he doesn't overcharge or anything. And he let me work in his shop for free. It's amazing. For two years, I didn't pay him. And the whole reason is that we had we had sort of deals set in place. You know, I'm going to help him out with social media. I'm going to help him here. I'm going to help him there. To be honest, man, I was just I was just a freeloader, and he didn't care. I was using up his supplies. He was teaching me, and I think in a real way, he thought that he was supporting me um, to help him teach people how to make jewelry. You know, because he did say it quite a few times that he wants to be a teacher. So I guess I was just sort of a guinea pig for that. But, you know, now I'm still shooting videos. I'm still making vlogs in the shop. And this dude is just oblivious to the camera. Like, he is the most confident man I've ever seen in camera. You put a camera in his face, it never, ever changes. I got him. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go visit your boy, Constantine. You have to, man. If he takes care of me, I'll provide the platinum because I've been actually... It's Yo, you're, you know, you think what I'm thinking, eh? I literally was getting a custom piece. I was, I was looking to get a custom piece done with platinum. Yeah. So I'll go visit your guy. If he's as good as you say, because platinum is really hard to work with compared to like regular gold and shit. Yeah. If he takes care of me, bro, I want to do his big fucking reveal. If he makes me a beautiful piece, there's nothing care of me, you can't do, man. I'm going to fucking do a big reveal, bro. And we'll get everybody that fucking, all my guys that, I got some guys that wear, bro, I have crazy shit myself. Yeah. Bro, I got guys that have fucking 24 karat Medusa heads, five of them. The chain, the chain alone with all the fucking, the stones and everything is like 80 racks. Fuck the yeah, pendant man. is 50K. I got some guys that spend real uh, real money on jewelry, bro. If it takes care of me, it does a beautiful fucking piece. I'm going to push on everybody I know. And I'll tell you what, man. Like- you never know why things work out for this reason. I'm telling you, I literally... You know what's crazy? I was literally waiting for them to get back to me with the price. And he hasn't hit me up. And the next thing you know, Damon shows up here telling me, yo... But you know what? I I do got to tell you one thing about him. And to me, this is a strength. To me, this is like... This is what makes him so great. You're not going to fuck with him. You know, like he's going to tell you exactly how it is. He's going to he's going to lay down exactly what he can do for you. I love it. And like the thing is, a good jeweler, from what I've seen, at least you walk into their shop and an idea, if they just agree with you, they're not a good jeweler. I promise you, 90 percent of the time you go to a jeweler with any idea, they're going to tell you exactly why it's not going to work. And they're going to tell you how they're going to do it properly. Constantine is going to look at you dead in the eyes and say, no, this is what we're doing. And it's I just, love that though, man. And you just got to trust them, man. Because like, 
He's not, he, he doesn't, he's, he's the least fake person I've ever met in this industry. You know, jewelers, they're, they're so cutthroat. They're so secretive. This dude takes just a random fucking kid off the street into a shop. I'm recording everything, you know, like I, I can't give enough praise to this guy. You know, like all I want to do is become the greatest fucking jeweler this world's ever seen and show everybody that's the one who gave me the shot. That's the reason that, like, without him, I don't know where I'd be. Where would I be? You know, like, with everything that he's taught me, you have to work with another jeweler. There's just, there's so many years of experience. You have to see what they see. I love how, you know what, man, that's that's very beautiful what you just said, man. Because a lot of people, even me, man, a lot of people have used, got whatever they wanted, left, fucked me over. And even the way they exited yeah. was completely wrong. The fact that you're still with this guy, you're truly grateful for what he's doing for you. Yeah. And you actually see what he's doing for you. And you already said you traveled, man. Yeah. Nobody would even give you the time of day. This guy's letting you use, this, use up his supplies. He's teaching you. He's happy, whatever. Yeah. That's a fucking real mentor, man. That's definitely, you got to rock one forever, bro. No, 100%. It's very man. rare. I'm telling you as a guy now, I'm very rare to find a mentor like that, bro. I barely I, had any mentors growing up. Like, if you've ever seen Karate Kid, he was my Mr. Miyagi, man. Mr. Miyagi, wax on, wax and on, man. It's exactly the same way, you know, in the movie, how the guy's like, go wash this car. And he's he goes, you know, the kid, he goes, you're supposed to teach me how to fight. What the fuck are you talking about? Wash this car, you know? He's like, wash the car. And he wouldn't give any explanation. He'd say, just wash this car, do it exactly like this. All right, now you're going to paint the fence. Do exactly like this. You know, that's how he taught. And he would never give a reason, you know? And that's exactly identical to Constantine's teaching style. He'd say, do this. And I'd go, yeah, but like, why? And he'd just go, just do it. <laughs> I love like, that, man. And he'd just be like, just do it. And then like a month later, you know, I'd be working and I'd find out, whoa, that's what he was preparing me for. That's right. And he, like I, I told him from the beginning, Cuban links is, that's exactly what like, Ever since I decided I wanted to make jewelry, the Cuban link has been that project that once I complete that, I'll be able to move to new heights. But the Cuban link is like just that one thing that I've been saying from the beginning. That's that's what the point that I need to get to before I climb another mountain. Do you feel like it's more difficult than doing prongs and all the other shit? Well, prongs and as in like diamond setting? Like in the Figaro ones or whatever. I think making Cuban links. No, I mean like prongs. You know they have like those styles for those chains. I don't. I don't think they're nice at all, to be honest. But well, I think that every chain has its difficulties. You know, just like um, just like how you know some people they just let's be honest they just suck at driving. You know, but they're good at oh, other fuck. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good at other things, but let's be honest, they can't drive. It's just you love Cubans, right? That's, that, that's just, what it is, right? You that's like just what it is. I just had to do it. And then, you know, Costa, the way he is, you know, he told me from day one, no, you're not doing that. It's too hard. And I look at him like, there's like three steps, you know, like the, to making a Cuban link. It's very lengthy. It's very hard. It's very long. But there's like three, four steps. You know, I was like, how can I fuck this up? And he got me making other chains, you know? He's like, listen, man, if you're going to learn from me, you're going to do exactly as I say. And That's how can right. I argue with that? That's right, man. You know? This so generation completely changed, bro. Because a lot of... You're, like That's what I'm saying. I'm super impressed. You're really against the norm of what's happening now. Because even everyone wants instant gratification. 
Yeah. Nobody and, can take criticism and you know, they don't know how to follow orders correctly. The, there's an there's an order of things to how it gets done. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the fact that you're still doing it's awesome, man. I think the biggest tragedy in all this is that I'm not really oriented with social media. You know, because I, I've I've had this thought so many times that if I was one of those people that could just make TikToks and reels and, and blow up online, I'd be so much better off. You know, the things that I'm doing, if I were to put a camera behind it and really like do it properly, I'd be just like any one of those, you know, viral sensations, those people that's just chilling and, and they got all the tracks NYC, Moses, those guys. Tracks NYC worked hard though. They I gotta did. give I him actually that, like tracks to be honest. This dude, you know what? He says it like it is. Huh? And some people think he's a prick, but it's it's always deserved. That's the part that people don't like about him. It's no, like, I like tracks to be honest. I like uh yeah. his business ethics, how he does things, how he actually gives you real comparisons. Yeah. Shit like that. Everybody else, let's be honest, most people are out here just for your money, right? So yeah. Not but, saying obviously profit's a good thing. To make profit's a very good thing, but yeah. But it's very uh so listen, man. This is what we're gonna do tomorrow. Me and Sean are gonna come down, we're gonna come see you guys. Okay, I'm gonna give him the idea. Yeah. Like I said, if he makes a banger fucking piece, bro, I'm gonna do a big reveal. I'm gonna start pushing it to everybody I know. To be fair, I don't work there anymore. That that's sort of what I was gonna get to. Uh, he does have uh, some full time jewelers there, but you go see him; he'll take care of you, bro. I promise. It's okay, man. He's still your mentor, or whatever. Yeah. We'll set me up. We'll go see the guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'll we'll go from there. And you tell him I sent you, and he'll take care You're of you. Done. Damon, my brother. We're running out of time, man. So if there's anything you want to say right now, tell them the name of your business, where they can find you. Yeah. I mean. Online, Google, TriStar, what, what, do you, what are you known as? TriStar Property Services, Student Cleaning. You know, it's uh, I'm probably going to pop up a student cleaning. But um, all I really want to say is, you know, through all this, like, obviously, there's so many things that I couldn't say. Uh, where I'm at today with all this what made everything possible, what the situation that I'm in now, it's really just working so hard at the goal and hard work. It's really, it shows up in so many different forms. You know, like I work so hard on my mentality to, to, to have an iron mindset to the point where basically any opportunity that comes my way, I know how to handle it. You know, so I think for the most part, um, there's two ways of doing things, you know, either you work fucking restlessly and you just get shit done yeah, or you think things through and you say, look, 20 years down the line, here's where I want to be. So I think that anybody who's watching this just like, I don't even really care to plug my business, you know, like I, I'll make money either way, you know, call me up if you need anything. But I think that if anybody is out there trying to build a business, it's just simple rule of thumb. Just do it. Claim your life. Just just become your own boss, figure it out. It was hard for everybody. You know, it's like no one ever said it was easy. No one expects it to be easy. If you're successful right away, that's the absolute worst thing that can happen to you. You don't learn from success. I, I, I wish that you fuck up. I wish that you fail. I wish that you fail in the most dirty and nasty ways because if you can get up from that, man, there's nothing you can't do. That makes you the true warrior right there. That's it, man. I'm fucking impressed, man. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I don't meet many people that your age that has that mindset. A lot of people, they just watch TikToks. And I'll be, you know what? Before I end this, actually, I want to comment on something. 
a lot of times nowadays I do job interviews. Obviously, you're an employer now too. And I get a lot of these young people. God bless everybody. But like I was just saying, they'll watch a lot of TikToks and watch a lot of uh, whoever they, they watch. I don't know what influencers that they watch. But now they come with the same attitudes. Yeah. Not knowing everything has to be earned. Yeah. And they come with the self-entitlement that as if we owe them something as society. But realistically, it's a, it's a very hard lesson they're going to learn quick. Nobody owes you fuck all. And the fact that you were able to do whatever that you did, like that's what I'm saying. I'm really, really, I'm really impressed because especially the whole journey, the way you did it is organic in the way it was supposed to be done in the first place. Yeah. You were supposed to have done that journey and found it yourself and just fucking do it, right? Yeah. You can't just keep thinking about it. What did you tell yourself? You know what? I'm sitting here trying to think of how I can do it. Get a board, put it on the board. This is the goal. What was the goal? I want nice things and not be broke. Yeah. Right. And then just fucking work at him. And I'm really proud of you, man. I wish you nothing but the best, bro. Appreciate it. Man. All right. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you coming on. We'll see you another time, my brother. It's an honor, man. Pleasure's mine.